Welcome to another episode of Sustainability Unraveled, a podcast presented by TÜVSÜD. I'm Laura Oberhausen, your host, and joining me on this journey from complexity to clarity is my co-host Cornelius Dahn. Hi, Laura. We've prepared an exciting topic for today's episode. The title is Powering the Future, Batteries versus Hydrogen Fuel Cells. As the world shifts towards cleaner and more efficient transportation, the discussion between batteries and hydrogen fuel cells has sparked immense interest. In this episode, we'll explore the pros and cons of these technologies, their impact on sustainable mobility, and how they could shape the future of transportation. This road to sustainable mobility is full of challenges for businesses. On one side, hydrogen fuel cells offer clean and efficient energy, but they face hurdles like limited infrastructure, high production costs, and storage complexities. On the other side, batteries, while more established, still grapple with limitations in energy density, charging times, and the environmental impact during production and disposal. There's one thing I would like to make clear before we start. Fuel cells and batteries are two viable solutions to create electric powertrains and thus address the clean energy challenge. Both technologies will have their place in the mobility sector. Depending on the application, either can be the best answer. It all depends on the needs, demands, and conditions of its use. Businesses need to carefully consider the trade-offs, technical advancements, and regulatory frameworks to make thoughtful decisions that align with their sustainability goals and meet the evolving demand of the mobility sector. So let's set the scene before we welcome today's expert. As our society accelerates towards greener transportation solutions, the choice between batteries and hydrogen fuel cells has become increasingly relevant. These technologies offer distinct advantages and grapple with their own set of challenges when it comes to powering the vehicles of tomorrow. Absolutely, Laura. Battery-powered cars are enjoying a steadily increasing demand and are, at least of now, the most promising solution to replace the traditional combustion engine in the long run to meet the UN climate targets. On the other hand, hydrogen fuel cells are great technology to enable clean mobility utilizing the chemical reaction between hydrogen and oxygen to generate electricity. In 2022, around 12 million new passenger cars with an electric drive have been registered worldwide, compared to only 7.5 million in 2021. That's an increase of almost 60%. In the meantime, every sixth passenger car sold worldwide is electrically powered. Out of these 12 million cars, 8.7 purely electric and 3.3 million are plug-in hybrids. The fuel cell cars only play a secondary role with just 15,000 newly registered cars. Further information on these stats you can find in our show notes. It is important to bear in mind that the development in the different markets is quite diverse, but in general it can be said that there is a more or less pronounced relationship between prosperity and the market penetration of electric cars. Incentives and regulatory requirements such as CO2 limits also play an important role. Today, we have the pleasure to welcome Pascal Mast, an esteemed expert in the field of sustainable mobility. Pascal will share his expertise, shedding light on the advantages, challenges and opportunities associated with batteries and hydrogen fuel cells in the context of mobility. So whether you're a mobility professional or simply curious about the future of sustainable transportation, this episode is for you. So buckle up. And let's unravel the complexities of powering the future batteries versus hydrogen fuel cells. Pascal, could you please introduce yourself and share your expertise in the field of sustainable mobility? Sure. 
My name is Pascal Mast and I'm Director of Sustainable Technology at Tufsuit Mobility. My work focuses on the adaption of existing services and the development of new services as mobility changes. Essentially, it involves the powertrain, but also the interface with the infrastructure. Based on my experience in the field of homologation and approval with conventional drives and the corresponding legal requirements, I can now contribute the requirements of the new technologies. My goal is to see new technology hits the street, not stay in the development drawers. I really like that kind of mindset, Pascal. Now, let's look at batteries and hydrogen fuel cells in the context of mobility. Before we start delving deeper into the topic, let's talk about how you would define batteries and hydrogen fuel cells in the context of mobility. Can you also elaborate the fundamental differences between them in terms of operation, efficiency and practicality? In short, the battery has a better efficiency, but a shorter range. In comparison, the fuel cell is a much more complex technology, but in principle has an unlimited range. So two options and one solution, CO2-free mobility. Depending on the application and framework conditions, one or the other solution is the right one. To decarbonize the transportation sector by 2035, we need both technologies on the market, affordable, reliable and safe. For me, these are the two pillars for mobility of the future. Sounds fair. Let's have a look at the advantages, but also the challenges of hydrogen fuel cells. What are the main limitations when it comes to powering vehicles with hydrogen fuel cells, independent if you talk about passenger cars, trucks or public transportation? First, we need green hydrogen to be truly CO2 neutral. In operation, it remains open which specific hydrogen technology will be used, liquid or gaseous. However, there are already pilot projects for both concepts to find out the advantages and disadvantages. We are supporting these projects and focusing on solving issues such as vehicle safety and refueling processes. The hydrogen infrastructure outside of Germany need to be improved and the energy-intensive storage at stations at hydrogen is still an issue. May I quickly jump in here with a question? I think it would be quite interesting to hear more about these projects. Can you share some more insights? For sure. One pilot project would be the conversion of a bus from diesel to gaseous hydrogen. The complete drivetrain was removed and replaced by a fuel cell and the electric engine. This is also a good concept for serial production afterwards. Another project would be the conversion of a tractor, keeping the combustion engine, but now powered by liquid hydrogen. This only makes sense if the vehicle will still be in operation for a long time, but it enables sustainable use of essential components, like the combustion engine and the gearbox. For both projects, we evaluated the safety concept and enabled the approval. Thanks, Pascal. Back over to you, Cornelius. Thanks also from my side for these interesting examples, Pascal. Now let's talk about batteries. What are their unique strengths, but also their limitations, particularly in terms of range and charging infrastructure? The strengths of the battery are its efficiency, the relatively small number of components in the vehicle and its high performance. Just look at the well-known new sport cars on the market now. Batteries, however, have their limits when it comes to charging large amounts of energy in a short time especially for trucks or buses. On the infrastructure side, it would be a huge task to charge long-distance trucks in a very short time. Then there is the question of using batteries economically as long as possible, 
before they are going to be recycled. The new battery directive provides clarity in that area. On that basis, we are developing procedures and tests to address the value and the safety of battery used during the mobility. And we would like to ensure that they are used as long as efficient possible and as long as they are safe. Can you please give us a little bit more insights about the recyclability of uh, batteries? There is still quite a lot of potential on the dismantling side. First solutions are already on the market, but in order to meet the increasing demands on the upcoming years, there is still a need for cost efficiency and scalable solutions. Pascal, you just mentioned the battery directive. I would like to follow up on that later and talk more about regulations and standards, but I do have two questions before we do that. Number one, how do hydrogen fuel cells and batteries compare when it comes to factors like driving range, refueling, or then recharging time, and overall user experience? As might be expected, both drive trains have their advantages and disadvantages. Is it true that in terms of range and refueling time, the hydrogen cars appears a little bit closer to the known standards of refueling diesel or petrol cars? In the classic public debate, but also the terms of registration figures, the electric cars is clearly the winner. These can also be charged at home and then spend most of their time standing around rather than being driven. That's different with trucks. This is not the only reason why I believe that the market will offer both CO2-neutral solutions and the customer should decide at the end. Private car users will probably prefer the electric vehicles, while transportation companies will prefer the hydrogen trucks. Okay, that definitely makes sense. And from a sustainable mobility perspective, how do you envision the role of both of these technologies in the future? The European Union is serious about the Green Deal. Euro 7, for example, have clearly goals in this direction, tightening the limits and introducing the first real limit of CO2, zero gram per kilometer in 2035. With a clear lead time before 2035, electric and hydrogen vehicles will take over, at least in Europe. Hydrogen drives give us the opportunity to decarbonize not only the mobility sector, but also aviation and shipping. For the mobility sector, it expands the possibility for all applications, short refuel stops, long distances, two or even three shift operations on construction sites. And we can even take existing vehicles with us. If we produce e-fuels from hydrogen and CO2 out of the air and fill them into vehicles already on the market. That means low efficiency, but high leverage. Keeping that in mind, the next logical question would be then, what are the main obstacles hindering the widespread adoption of hydrogen fuel cells and batteries in the mobility sector? And how can these challenges be overcome? The open question of liquid or gaseous hydrogen is still causing some manufacturers to hesitate. The same applies in the development of the infrastructure. There it's important to create planning security. The keyword here is an international hydrogen strategy. But I think we are on the right track. Many countries are getting involved and developing clear plans, which then leads to the developments in the market. Talking about international strategies, it's interesting to see how different regions approach regulations and technology adoptions. Could you tell us more about the regulatory landscape in Europe, Asia, and maybe also the Americas? Europe is more focused on electric cars in the passenger car sector. China is formulating specific regulations for hybrids and hydrogen in the upcoming China 6 directive. 
So China is positioning itself much more broadly here. Korea has a clear hydrogen plan, including for private vehicles. And in the US, we are seeing hydrogen projects for rail, which are relatively easy to transfer to the road and trucks. That is very interesting, Pascal. But what about governments and regulatory bodies? Uh, what do you think, what role do they have in the future? And do you have any specific policy recommendations? Sometimes it's good looking back. Yes, the focus has often changed. Today, it's climate change and sustainability. In the past, there were other issues. But what always remains the same is the spirit of the people. I'm confident that this will be the same case also by today. Politics must provide us with the goal, the framework and the planning security. On this basis, sustainable technology will be developed and used by the market and customers. We at Jifsuit are the enablers who creates trust in new technology. Our task remains the same, only the technology is changing, protecting people and the environment from the negative impacts of technology. Taking batteries, for example. This year, the new battery directive will come into force, which is based in part on the UNECE Global Technical Regulation number 22. Euro 7 builds also on this, and its content will also be used into the upcoming PTI directive, so that batteries in used vehicle can also be assessed in the future. We at TIFSUIT support all this and contribute our expertise along the long regulatory chain. Thank you, Pascal, for sharing your valuable insights into the world of sustainable mobility, batteries and hydrogen fuel cells. To wrap up this episode, let's go through the key takeaways. Cornelius, do you want to start? With pleasure, Laura. My first takeaway is that both technologies have their strength, but also their limitations. And the choice between both depends on the specific use case and the preferences of the user. Batteries offer higher efficiency, but have a shorter range, while hydrogen fuel cells are more complex, but provide an almost unlimited range. Point number two, the key obstacles hindering the widespread adoption of hydrogen fuel cells and batteries are unresolved questions about hydrogen technology, the need for well-developed infrastructure and uncertainties related to regulations. So clear national plans and international hydrogen strategies are necessary to address these challenges. And then there are the different regional approaches. Various regions have distinct approaches to regulations and technology adoption. Europe is currently focusing on electric cars, while China considers batteries, hybrids, as well as hydrogen. Korea has a dedicated hydrogen plan, and the US is exploring hydrogen projects for rail as well as for trucks. And our last point, role of governments and the tech industry, meaning testing, inspection and certification. Governments play a crucial role in sustainable mobility by providing clear goals, frameworks and planning security to foster technology development. Tech companies like Tufsuit contribute by ensuring safety and compliance, supporting initiatives such as the new battery directive and offering expertise along the regulatory chain. Pascal, is there anything you would like to add? Besides the on-road application, hydrogen provides us a lot of opportunities to decarbonize, for example, off-road vehicles, rail application, or even ships or airplanes. Thank you, Pascal, for being part of today's episode. So we're coming to an end, and we would like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Sustainability Unraveled. We hope that you gained valuable insights into the advantages, challenges, 
but then also the potential of these technologies in shaping the future of transportation. Our podcast is dedicated to bringing you diverse perspectives on sustainability-related subjects. By subscribing, you'll stay informed and gain access to a wealth of information, practical ideas, and inspiring conversations with our experts. We really appreciate your input and encourage you to share your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Your engagement plays a major role in shaping the content we bring to you. Remember, every action counts. By staying informed and taking steps towards sustainable practices, we can collectively make a significant impact. Until next time and talk to you soon.